when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. and welcome to STT Rewind. I'm Owen Hughes and joining me this week is Steve Norman. Coming up on the programme, in part one, we examine the Ferrari brewing over Avengers Infinity War and just who is it made for anyway? Part two delves into the unknown world of TV programmes outside of BBC, HBO and Netflix originals. Trust me, they do exist. Matthew Latham brings back his two-minute movie roundup that he's been dubbing cassette tape until he's told otherwise, chatting ABBA, upcoming albums, and a guilty pleasure. And finally, we dust off our bookshelves and recharge our Kindles for this week's free play. Now, let's get on with the show. Part one of the podcast starts as it always does with our film section and it seems there's only one inevitable set of starting blocks for us to sprint off from, specifically Avengers Infinity War. Uh, We can talk about how much we liked it, Steve. We can talk about the stuff we didn't like, how enjoyable it is, yada, yada, yada. But probably the biggest controversy of the entire weekend comes via The New Yorker. Uh, The American magazine tweeted a link to its review with the following comment. In Avengers Infinity War, characters aren't introduced. They show up and their behaviour is entirely defined by the templates set for them in other movies. So subsequently, lots of people on both sides of the argument started their own cyber war that seemed to go on for infinity. Poor joke. Where do you stand, Steve? Is the fact that characters just turn up without any prior introduction in the 16th movie in a franchise a bad or confusing thing? Or should they start catering to the wider masses and not expect everyone to have seen every single film in the franchise coming into this? First of all, we've already spoken about how much we liked it and what we didn't like for, for somewhere else. So you know, <laughs> we, yeah. Yes, we did. We released yeah. a Fail Critics episode yes. for it on our sixth birthday. I feel happy plugging Fail Critics on Set the Tapes. Without Fail Critics, there wouldn't be a Set the Tape. Partly true, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, back yeah. to this argument. I just think it's a one-sided argument, and the person who wrote the article for the New Yorker uh, is a bit daft because I just don't <laughs> really see his point of view. I just don't understand it. I mean, I think you could have watched that without have seeing any of the other Marvel films and kind of got it. You would have probably just picked up who some of the characters are via osmosis or just being involved in pop culture or not 
being in a cave for the last decade or so. <laughs> but sure. yeah, is his, is, is his argument the same for Avengers Assemble? Could he not get his head around that? Well, I think Avengers Assemble is slightly different because they did have kind of mini introductions to the characters. They weren't full on, you know, uh, yeah, layered like things, but they were like short introductions to what each character is about. I just think, why would you go into something that far down the line and mm. complain about that side of it? You know, if they're going yeah. to introduce all of the characters in that film and gives people who haven't seen anything in the MCU before an explanation of who they are, how long is the film going to be? How rubbish is it going to be? I mean, it mm. goes back to, to to something like The Last Jedi, where, as well, the same kind of argument, oh, Snoke wasn't given a backstory. Did you mm. really need one for him? Well, yes, mm-hmm. we did, because he's in charge of the First Order, and he's really good with the Force and the Dark Side and everything. Yeah, but the Emperor didn't have a backstory. Well, he did in the prequels. Yeah, that was 20 years later, and everyone said the prequels was rubbish. Sure. So, you know, what What do you want? Do you want... I mean, how do you... It's just going to be full of expositional dialogue, isn't it? Oh, this is Captain America. Oh, I've never met him before because I'm a guardian of the galaxy. Well, Captain America is this soldier <laughs> who had this yeah. serum, and now he's really strong and like invincible, and he's got this shield from the guy over there. Who's that guy? That's Black Panther. Oh, yeah, what's he all it's... about? Well, he's... In the king of Wakanda, Wakanda's this little country. It's alright, no Steve, knew, we yeah. get it. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, exactly. And you got fed up of it then. Imagine what it's going to be like in a film with 30 characters. Yeah. I think so, one of... I mean, I'm not too bothered about discussing the article as it is. I think what's more interesting is the way that both sides of the argument have since developed. Because you've got one side who are saying, well, you wouldn't go into a TV show straight to the final season and say, well, why aren't they introducing all these people? I don't know what's going on. This is a fault with the actual TV show. Mm. And, you know, people say you, you wouldn't read the last chapter in a book and say, well, why, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on. Why would I, you know? But the other argument to it is, well, what about people who are new to this franchise? And I mean, believe it or not, I think there's still people who are, um, you know, 10 years ago, Iron Man came out. Mm. And if you were, I don't know, three, four around that time, you probably weren't going to the cinema to watch these films on a regular basis. So by the time that the um, 16th movie in the the franchise comes out, which is one of the most, um, you know, highest grossing films ever on its opening weekend, it's got all kinds of critical acclaim, and it's, you know, maybe you've grown up with the cartoons. If you go into this film and you were now i don't know 13 14 you probably won't have any idea who these are and is it fair to expect people to um make sure they watch 15 films spend god knows how many hours probably over 30 hours um probably over 35 hours if you think about it you know spend that much time before you go and see this one for it to make sense no or should they just not bother anyway is it just not for them anymore because of how much uh, baggage there's associated no, with these it characters. it certainly is for them. It's, it's for everybody, these type of films. They're the, the kind of mm. blockbuster that appeal, should appeal to the general cinema-going audience. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of movies to go through before that. I don't think you necessarily need to watch all of the movies that they've released to catch up. But if I, was, if I hadn't seen any films in the MCU before and someone said, let's go and see Infinity War, I would probably either at least read a a plot line of the other films on Wikipedia or read up about the characters 
or uh, you know more than that i would actually go and watch some of the films i'd probably say find out somewhere on the, somewhere on the internet mm. somewhere you can probably ask someone right i've never seen an mcu film i'm going to see infinity war i ain't got enough time to see all 18 other films give me five that i should watch sure and you i mean the other argument is you could watch this and then it might inspire you to go back and watch some of the others yeah. you know there might be the reverse effect of you know oh this was quite entertaining but i want to know more about these people and yeah, you know I mean, you go back to it i mean there's, yeah. there's all kinds of um ways to take this film and you, you may go into this and think well i don't get what all the hype is uh, about these films because i don't really like all the previous marvel films mm. anyway and this one just seems more of the same and it's well, well yeah it's the 16th in a yeah. franchise of films that are all set around a particular template it does you know? definitely require you to know something about the majority of the characters to know what's going on in the film mm. Mm. um and, and what their motivations are. actually uh, not even so much their motivations because it's just good guy stop a bad guy um i think thanos who is is the nearest thing you have to a new character in this film really he i think he is explained and his motives are explained very well i think most of it is and, and i think and i think he's developed as a character really well in this film mm. and he's really the central character i would say so too yeah which is strange for, for him being a villain yeah yeah so he's been he's been in um the uh avengers Since assemble. Phase one basically yeah he's been in avengers assemble uh age of ultron Infinity War and Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. mostly in post-credit scenes or whatever. Um, or yeah, but this ones, is so. properly his first fleshed-out scene because in Guardians yes. of the Galaxy you see him, don't you? He uh, interacts with uh, Ronan and Nebula. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, basically the point is you don't need to know all that much about Thanos to come into this. No. However, uh, I do see the uh, see both sides of the argument. You know, you are coming into the penultimate. Mm. conclusion to this story and you know we're kind of expecting avengers infinity war 2 or whatever they decide to call it uh thanos uh, and his magic glove I think thanos gonna... and his magic glove yeah avengers <laughs> avengers colon thanos and his magic glove yeah you find out at the end the, the magic glove it summons a galactic kez it just comes and sits on his big yeah. glove on his wrist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I say, coming into the last film in the series, you wouldn't expect them to start reintroducing all these characters we've seen in over mm. 15 prior films. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, it's probably a question neither of us could answer, but going with the side of the argument that says that the characters weren't introduced and it's not that accessible to people not who aren't familiar with the MCU, how would you go about, introducing the, you know, how would you go yeah. about combating that in it, it won't make you know won't be a detriment to the film well yeah quite i mean you'd have to do what you said wouldn't you lots of exposition to explain oh you know, yeah um who's that guy with the hammer or oh, he hasn't got a hammer anymore but you know yeah and it would just take ages it'd be really tedious um particularly for the the large amount of credit let's not forget the majority of the people who go to this know what avengers is about mm. right? yeah there's, there are going to be new people coming to it, uh, but I would wager they're in the absolute minority. No, you wouldn't watch Deathly Hallows Part 2 if you haven't ever seen The Prisoner of Azkaban. That's yeah. good memories. I hate Harry Potter. Nice. But, yeah. <laughs> well done. But there you go. Part 2, and we're, of course, changing topic from big screen to the small screen. Last week, The Terror 
made its debut on AMC uh, with the third episode airing this week. Tonight, at time of recording, actually, Steve, I don't know if you're aware. Um, but I wanted to ask what you consider to be the best shows currently on TV that aren't made by BBC, HBO or on Netflix. And don't say The Walking Dead. I'm not going to say The Walking Dead, <laughs> trust me. That's difficult because you've taken away Netflix, which is pretty much where I watch television. Yeah, like, I think that's how most people watch stuff, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've got into a new series that um, isn't on any of those formats. Mm. Um, I mean, Humans is coming back to Channel 4 very soon, which is in its third season now, which is the um, mm-hmm. the show about the, the synths, which are like robots lifelike robots who kind of develop yeah. their own yeah that's been quite good i've enjoyed the first two seasons of that and that's back on very soon on channel four mm-hmm. um so i'll be going back to that when it's on but yeah trying to think of what else is um so i can tell you a little bit about the terror if you like um which is a horror thriller series um which is made by amc and it's cut it's set on the in the North Pole, some explorers get trapped in the ice, and weird, creepy stuff starts happening to them. It's produced by Ridley Scott. It stars Jared Harris, Tobias Menzies, um, uh, Kieran Hines is is Captain Sir John Franklin. I loved the first two episodes. I thought it was fantastic TV, and I'm definitely um, going to to go back to it. But it did get me thinking about what, what other shows are um, there are that aren't made by those three big. Uh, producers of television you I, I mean maybe um it's still kind of i think it was made for hulu wasn't it but you've got the handmaid's tale uh, yeah which is pretty enormous tv show um which I, I thought was great the second time struggled through the first three episodes went back to it and then afterwards thought it was fantastic but uh you know i watched the exorcist as well the, the shows on the sci-fi channel over here and I genuinely think it's one of the best TV shows of the past few years. You know, it's not made by HBO. It's not a Netflix original. Um, clearly, it's not a BBC series, but it is just a really good show. It's It's got the vibe of The Exorcist. The first season follows on from the movie, um, but then takes kind of takes it in a different direction. It's, I mean, it's only very loosely linked to the, to the film. Second series is not really linked to the, the film at all. Um, not particularly, uh, but it's great TV. Give us an example of something that you've watched that isn't made by any of those three. Is there anything you can think of? Recently? Yeah, are there uh, any current TV shows? Or I mean, you could be watching them on Netflix, but just not necessarily them being Netflix originals, you know? Um, like The Good Place, right? Yeah, you, the Good, yeah, yeah, the good yeah. Place, when you think about it, isn't a Netflix original, is it? It's just something that's not only really. accessible in the UK on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the most recent thing that I've watched. It's not been a Netflix original show or hmm. on the other two mediums that you mentioned, BBC and HBO. What about comedy shows? Do you watch comedy on sort of Sky or? Not uh, much. I mean, mu- I've not really got into much new comedy. You know, I found out the in between is ten years old today. <laughs> which, yeah. Which makes me feel well old. It's uh, it's quite a depressing thought, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's as old as the MCU. <laughs> yeah that's that's an odd comparison <laughs> and we've seen someone from the in-between has turned up in the mcu as well did he he was in well, that? Not he um the so in the in the movie uh yeah, in the yeah. first in-between his movie the, the girl who will hooks up with is star lord's mum right yeah yeah that is a real that's a, 
quite a good uh, bit of trivia there. <laughs> yeah, and that just links the whole podcast together effortlessly. Succinctly. Well, I can yeah. link back to the the first part of the podcast as well by mentioning um, Red Dwarf, um, because I was at a uh, Comic Con type thing um, at the weekend, which was for work. It was uh, I was reporting on it, but I went along, took some pictures of people in weird cosplay stuff. Um, but there was Danny Don Jules and Robert Llewellyn from Red Dwarf doing a Q and A. Okay. Um, they, they confirmed that the show is coming back for a 13th season, uh, 13th series, um, which is made by UK TV is on Dave. Yeah. You know? I mean, Dave, Dave are doing a lot of, um, original content lately, mm. which is good considering they just used to be a channel for repeats. I, that was the, the whole joke about Dave, wasn't it? Yeah. Is how many times are you going to watch the same Have I Got News For You episode? On yeah, it? and I could never get why Have I Got News For You was on there, because it's so topical. Why would you want to watch an <laughs> eight-year-old episode of Have I Got News For You? But um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know, the running joke. Well, yeah, and they are doing lots of new things. We've got um, Taskmaster, which starts this week as time of at time of recording. We've also got uh, Alex Horn, who's the host of... Taskmaster, well, he's not the, well, he's kind of a co-host of uh, of Taskmaster. Uh, his band, the Horn Section, uh, have got a brand new comedy series coming to Dave as well, uh, which will be later mm. this month in May. But um, they've, they've yeah, also they've got ones. yeah they've got um, Dave Gordon's Dave Gorman's Modern Life is Goodish, which is also very good. Yeah, it's got. And John Richardson, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Ultimate, I nearly called him the Ultimate Warrior then, he's not the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> no. no, John Richardson, Ultimate Warrior, um, is on, uh, is starting soon on Dave, and we've also got a review of that on the website at the moment. Uh, they have done a, a few of their own sitcoms as well, haven't they, comedy, you know, yeah, Well, sitcoms. Zapped, you know, yeah. James Buckley from um, In Between Us as well. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so I've watched the last few series of Red Dwarf um, that's been on Dave, it's not peak red dwarf by any means um but it's not the worst either it's it's very watchable still yeah i think so the last series i thought was quite um, entertaining for the yeah most, but yeah it, but you're right i mean it's lost a little bit of something it's interesting because during the q a they were talking about how when they started you know they'd have the studio audience come in and um to them it was new and exciting and different and mm. unlike anything else so the crowd would just like laugh at the punchlines of the jokes yeah. you know there might be a few titters when they're doing the setup and then as soon as the punchline hit that's when everybody laughed but they were saying no what they usually do is they have feed line feed line punchline that's been the same through the whole of this the 30 well the 12 series yeah um but the audiences who come into it now are like proper cult hardcore red dwarf fans they were saying mm. they come to come to recordings from like japan um well, from I mean, europe it, from america it's, it's, it must have a pretty big cult following it was even yeah kind of referenced a couple of times in the big bang theory right um, which which shows of kind of i know it's that's a show about geeks or whatever you want to call them but mm. and it's all very referential about you know the kind of shows mm. that they watch and everything but to, to get a, a couple of mentions in a show of that size probably does help its cult following sure but it's going like, to make the, people curious as to what it is. Yeah. Well, they were saying the audiences who come to it now are all like big fans of the show. And mm. so normally when they'd have a feed line, which would get a few people go, <laughs> waiting like in, in anticipation of the joke, they basically get feed line, massive laugh. And they're all looking at each other like, well, we haven't said anything funny yet. Second feed line, enormous laugh. 
and then punchline falls flat because people just aren't into it in the same way anymore they just like yeah. the characters and everything so it's quite interesting i th- i think of uh how the 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 reaction to the programs changed over time yeah maybe it's it's still of the same quality but we've just become too used to it i don't know but we did end up me and my wife did end up going back and watching some of the older episodes uh on netflix funnily funnily enough um Mm. i think the old episodes still have a a huge amount of quality in them you can still enjoy them now yeah definitely yeah anyway we're getting slightly off topic (laughs) because i I, I was trying to think when i was watching uh the terror i was trying to think well what what else do i watch that isn't one of the the big three, certainly the big three in the UK for producing mm. TV. And I just, I mean, even Amazon Originals, they haven't really given many of those much of a chance. No. You know, other than Preacher, but I didn't really stick with that for the second series. I find, I mean, I've only just got Amazon Prime Video, and this is probably, com- well, not completely unrelated to what we're talking about. I find it a bit more difficult to navigate and speak like Netflix. Sure. Because mm-hmm. like, it doesn't always list, when you're going scrolling through everything that's available, it doesn't always make it distinctly clear to me which one I have to pay for and which one is included in Prime Video. Yeah, it's... I mean, I've got. I'm basically using. You know, my parents have Amazon Prime. They mm. don't use the Prime Video. They just use it for the Amazon deliveries. So I'm just using the Prime Video to watch video. You know, watch stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it. You know, always obvious. You'll click on something, and then all of a sudden, it's no, pay five ninety nine for this. So I can't really make. My parents pay five ninety nine. So I've watched <laughs> this film once. Yeah, yeah. Can I? No, I can't. Can, <laughs> you can. You sure? I can't. No, I can't. So <laughs> yeah. So um, I think maybe the, maybe there are good shows being produced elsewhere. The the DC shows seem to be doing quite well. You know, Arrow and Flash and better than, uh, better than the movies. Certainly more popular than the movies. Yeah. yeah. So next up, we have the return of Matt Latham's two minute music roundup. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
Welcome one, welcome all to the next edition of the music bit of the Set the Type podcast. I'm your host Matthew Latham. The music bit needs a better name if I'm totally honest. Maybe the Walkman or perhaps the cassette type. Let us know on Facebook slash Twitter slash Carrier Pigeon. I am quite partial to the cassette type however. I guess the big news is that in December we'll be getting new ABBA songs. There have been at least two that have been recorded and there are plans for a virtual tour in 2019 using similar technology that was used with Tupac in Coachella in 2012. They've already squashed plans performing in person however and had to publicly state that they won't be performing at Glastonbury next year. Spokeswoman and manager Garel Hansa told the Mirror we should remember them how they were in the 1970s and we should listen to how they sing today. Talking about live music and shifting across, I saw Natalie Prass on tour a few days ago. She gears up to release her second LP, The Future and the Past, on June the 1st. It was a lot of fun, there's a vibrant energy and a new song sounded great. There's a bit more of an electric feel than the last album, which was a bit more perhaps soulful, but the new songs worked very well live. If you haven't listened to the song Short Court Style yet, it is definitely one of those songs you're going to see at the top of the 2018 lists. And the heads up on the albums to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. There's only just really one on my radar at the moment, and that's Frank Turner's seventh album, Be More Kind. I'm a big fan of Frank Turner, and he's had a strong influence on my music taste. Blackout is perhaps one of the best singles he's had out for a couple of years. Kind of reminds me of Van Halen's Jump, and I'm, I'm going to come out and miss it now. I like jump, and I mean that in a good way, of course. I'm partial to a bit of jumping around to hair metal. And that's all for me on this edition of the cassette tape, which I think I'll stick with until I'm told otherwise. Have a great fortnight, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Matt Latham, for another uh, music review. Um, But we'll go straight into free play now, and we're going to cover a topic that we haven't yet to so far on STT Rewind. We're talking books, Uh, because already up on the website we have Wendy's review of The City of Lost Fortunes, and coming up next week there'll be Amy's review of The Rig. Um, I mean, we cover books as quickly as we can read them, uh, but never really talk about them on on here, on the podcast. Uh, And I think there's a couple of interesting directions we can go with this, because I overheard someone at work last week who said, um, you know, naming no names, and I don't think there's any shame in it, but they said they, they've never read a, a book cover to cover. Before. Or not that they'd never done it, I guess, but they just haven't done it in a long, long time. And they just don't really enjoy reading. I haven't read a full book in probably over a year. I've just went through university, uh, I just went through uni and read loads of books for that, but in chapters. Uh, I've read halfway through two books which I say I've got on the go but I've had them on the go since about May last year I just find the time uh, I just find finding the time to read books is more difficult than it is for me to go into comicsology and flick through a comic mm. or you know listen to some podcasts or audio plays or whatever uh, how about you, Steve? What what are you like? Are you an avid reader or uh, not so much? No, now? not so much but that's partly because i lost my kindle i prefer having <laughs> i prefer yeah. having a, a real physical book i don't okay. know why i prefer mm-hmm. having a real physical book to a digital book but i've got a small flat and books take up hell of a lot of room mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they take up a lot of space so i don't usually get books i usually get them digitally and i lost my kindle i looked mm-hmm. everywhere for it it turned out it was in the suitcase i borrowed off my mum and dad for when i went on holiday last I'd left it in there at their house and didn't even realise. How long ago was that then? 
I've I've lost it for a good year and a bit, and I reckon once a month I turn my flat upside down looking for it. <laughs> I, ridiculous. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I mean, there's there's about there's about four places I do read when I do read. It's in mm-hmm. bed, on the sunbed, in the toilet, or in the bath. And how often are you on the sunbed at the minute? Well, not very often, but you know what I mean. Most people, <laughs> most people, when they go on holiday, they'll take a few books yeah. with them and absolutely, um, you know, storm through. My girlfriend can go for about four books on a week's holiday. Mm. I'm still sat there on the first page of the crossword book. <laughs> but I mean, I have I have read a couple of books recently, or reread a couple of books recently. Um, they're not new by any means. One was because I rewatched the Band of Brothers series um, uh-huh. on DVD recently, and I had the book um, that kind of. Uh, inspired the series um so i reread that after watching the series again i'm now rereading through a book called up pop and pay which is about these two guys who went and basically kick-started football in uh the federated states of micronesia Mm -hmm. um which is really good I've, i've i've got i read the book once through before um but it's one that i've already owned so i've been reading rereading through that which is quite an entertaining uh, mm. and, and a good read i've got quite a lot of football books i do reread from time to time things like that or not really autobiographies too much but things like that or uh nah. inverting the py- inverting the pyramid um and um well you're a football it, manager right now so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and um the secret footballer and a few a few other football books as well that i read through you know probably reread every now and again mm-hmm. um but yeah um i haven't bought much new literature in a while no I, I don't tend to to get much new stuff either i mean when i do read I, i'm reading um older stuff i mean you mentioned autobiographies did i tell you the last autobiography i read no benjamin franklin's so, you know, that's not exactly new. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, the next time I buy a physical book that isn't a present for someone, I imagine mm. it'll be at the airport. <laughs> well, w- I got... In WH Smith's. <laughs> yeah, I got given a book token when I was at uni. Yeah. And um, rather than using it to buy books for uni, I just bought a whole pile of like the sci-fi masterworks series. So I read The Forever War. Uh, one of those books that I have on the go at the moment is um, Philip K. Dick's A Scanner Darkly, which is weird, weird as hell. Um, but I've never seen the film, so I thought, you know, I'll give that a chance. Um, and it's, you know, it's good, but weird. Very, very odd. I also picked up a book, which was, I think I mentioned this to you a long time ago, actually, uh, which was a translation of an old French poem about King Arthur. But it's flipping hard work, you know, as you, I suppose you, you might expect yeah, it to be. Yeah, you did mention it to me. Um, yeah. I didn't have a clue what it was all about. Yeah, well, it's like, because it was around the time I think King Arthur was coming out, the Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> just, uh, I just thought I'd pick up and read, and read this book. And um, yeah, dribs and drabs, been working my way through it. Yeah. But yeah, you mentioned you prefer hard back or paperbacks or a physical copy yeah. of a book to a Kindle. What what do you think it has over a Kindle? Considering it's so convenient, you know. I don't know. And like I said, I, I read I read, you know, in the bath or by the poolside. So mm. neither meth neither uh 
medium is waterproof. <laughs> That's if true. I drop if I yeah. drop the book or drop the Kindle, it's 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 done. Yeah. Have you ever tried so, reading a book on your phone? No. Yeah, I put the Kindle. I'm, I'm too app busy on. playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't and that ain't got time for books when you're hunting Pokemons. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I tried I tried reading it on a phone. It just doesn't work. It's just not the same. Like a Kindle even. I've got one of the older versions that's not backlit and it's got, you know, the buttons rather than a touchscreen. I like reading on that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I probably, if I had the choice now, I think I would probably get a digital copy on the Kindle. Yeah. And, you know, three, four years ago, that probably wouldn't have been the case because I like the old sort of Penguin classics and, um, you know, all the ones that have put effort into creating a nice um, copy of... I don't know. I don't know why there's this thing about having a real book, but it does. I don't know. It's strange. Well, I was at at that comic con that I mentioned earlier, mm. and um, there were people with stalls flogging all their you know books and comics and graphic novels and all that kind of thing. And you know, even there, just picking it up and feeling feeling the book was just quite nice. I just yeah. um, I didn't buy any because I'm not made of money. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it was there was. You, it's kind of a nostalgic feeling as well, I mm. guess. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I suppose I should, before we go, just plug um, Wendy's review of The City of Lost Fortunes again and uh, build up some hype for Amy's amazing, spectacular review of The Rig, which is on the website next week. that is the end of another stt rewind thanks for listening i've been and still am owen hughes co-editor of set the tape joining me was set the tape writer steve norman with contributions from matt latham if you enjoyed this week's podcast please do leave us a rating and a review on itunes don't forget to also follow us online at setthetape.com where you can find daily articles on all things pop culture thanks for listening When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.